interesting I'm going to talk to you about tonight, if I say so myself. Normally I don't really even prepare much and think, wow, this is going to be great, but this is going to be good, because you guys are all going to understand this. Okay. So, um, we are going to talk tonight about the Sermon on the Mount. I don't know if you guys really are are familiar with it, you know much about it, but we're going to talk about one major point that Jesus makes, and uh, it is the fact that God's word says in Matthew 5.13, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it useful again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. So, told you before numerous times how Jesus spoke on something that was very relevant. You know, he picked out this one simple thing and he would use it and he'd make a big point for people to recognize and realize that it, this is an everyday item, but it has a lot of significance spiritually. So this is exactly what Jesus was doing again. He picked something that everyone understood. Everyone understood what salt is. Everyone out there knows what salt is, right? Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so that's what Jesus, you know, that's what Jesus did. That's how he preached. Um, like I said, this scripture is actually from what people will say is the greatest sermon that was ever preached. And that's because it was by Jesus himself. And that's because um, it was this whole preaching that he did really to the disciples and to the followers and uh, told them on how they really needed to live. Um, We just got done not too long ago. I told you about, (laughs) we're going to do E.T. tonight as our movie, but we talked not too long ago about the aliens. And this is exactly what Jesus was trying to explain to these disciples and followers, that this is how you're going to have to live here on this earth. Being that your real home is in heaven, this is how you're going to have to survive on this planet. And basically, just using a simple term as salt. So like I say, the scripture verse, Matthew five thirteen, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it useful again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. So I have a little treat for you tonight. An awesome treat. A nice, warm treat. I have some awesome, who doesn't like McDonald's french fries? All right. So we have some McDonald's french fries for you to just pass around. We're going to have some uh, people help. Um, Rachel, if you want to go back and you can help too. And um, we're going to pass them along. The girls are going to have um, help me out. You're going to pass around. You just grab like one or two yourself just to try them. They're nice and warm. They should still be warm. And I want you to just go ahead and try them. And uh, we're going to discuss them, Okay. You're going to probably have to try to go a little faster if you could. Um, quickly, though, I do want to mention a point to you. One of the things that we didn't really get to mention about the Hosapalooza thing is obviously try to, like, pass these signs out to 12 to 19-year-olds. You know, not, don't go up to, like, 56-year-olds and say, hey, come to Hosapalooza, because they're going to be, like, kind of weird. So uh, it might be the best day of their life. And also, you know, you might go up to some newlywed. This is going to be the best day of your life. They're going to be, like, a beg to differ. I don't think so. <laughs> but you know what? Pick somebody that you'd think that could go 12 to 19 and really enjoy it. And um, 
you know, we're going to uh, really have a great time. One of the things that Cameron was saying is about how many years we put this on. It does only get bigger and better. I think part of it is because we do this every single year, and I think we just run it better, too, because of doing it so many years. But I'm telling you, we have the most awesome snow cones ever. I'm a snow cone freak. I eat snow cones, like, all day at Hosapuza. I think I eat six of them normally. <laughs> I have this compulsion with it's the ice and the eating. It's, like, so good. So it's like I eat snow cones all day. And I'm going to tell you, we have the best cheeseburgers, hot dogs, chips, nachos. Yes, great nachos and really good food. So uh, we, like I said, we don't charge anything, but just uh, ask that you guys would support our concession stand. We don't really allow people to bring coolers in and bring food in because, truthfully, it's a youth ministry that puts it on. That's the only way we make money back. It costs us about $2,000 to put this event on. So it does cost us quite a bit. So that's why we ask that you do it. All right, so... Everybody get a try a fry. Thank you, Liz. What everybody think of the fries? What did you think of the fry without the salt? There's always got to be somebody who loves to be difficult and different. All right, we're going to add some salt to the french fries. And then we're going to pass them out, and you guys can take a little bit more, and you can enjoy them. But one of the things that's so interesting about salt and french fries, you go through McDonald's. How many of you guys actually spend the time when you go through McDonald's to order without salt? And don't put salt on them yourself. How many people actually order french fries with no salt and eat them that way? Really? Not too many people, though. Usually, I think McDonald's puts a little bit too much salt on. Usually, you kind of almost have to brush them off a little bit, and kind of, that's a little too much salt. But um, to me, I think it's really interesting, because I think the salt actually adds a little taste that's better. I think the, the taste of the potato actually becomes more enhanced, being that there's salt. Ellie, you're going to prove my whole message wrong tonight, if you keep that up. All right, so, what is it about this little tiny grain, grain that makes it so good? It is. Salt is an amazing item. I mean, it's amazing. It's everywhere, isn't it? You can see it everywhere. Um, salt is made up of two things. You can go ahead and pass them around to people that have the salt. I mean, just go ahead and let them have some. Um, we're going to uh, pass them around, let you try this, the french fries with the salt, see if you like them any better, see what you think. You can take more than one, you know. I was the same. My goodness. You guys, honestly, I see he's taking a little, one fry. I mean, Rebecca, could you have honestly, Rebecca picked a fry this big. Honest to God, she picked it and just scared to death. It's like, you could eat two, and you probably wouldn't gain an ounce. <laughs> Touching everybody, you freaked out by the germs? I could see that. I could see the germs. What do you think? Do you think the salt helps? Yes. I'm going to tell you, there's a reason why McDonald's spends the time to put salt on french fries. It helps the taste. It makes them taste better. Brings out the taste a lot better. How many, how many of you guys out there think McDonald's has the best fries? How many of you guys think that Burger King has the best fries? How about Wendy's? Okay. How about 
Culver's. Do you guys like Culver's fries? Do you do? Your mom's fries? Homemade fries. Do you guys go to the Igloo? How many of you guys like the Igloo's home fries? I don't like the homemade fries. Only if I make them at home do I like the homemade fries. Because then I can't get McDonald's, and then I have to deal with it. Who's? Arby's? Yeah, either you like curly fries or you don't, too. I'm not a big curly fry fan. Okay, fries, much better with salt. I'm sorry. All right, there's more French fries. You know, you can just uh, pass them around if you want to. Um, well, you can't have the rest, but pass them around. Just keep passing them around if everybody wants more. Um, going to go on with my message, if we could. I want to talk to you about salt, because uh, salt is an amazing little thing. Like I said, it's a little tiny grain but it has amazing powers. And obviously, that's why Jesus used that as the example. But like I said, salt is made up of two things. Do you guys know what the um, scientific equation, right there? It is sodium and chloride. Yes, that's what salt is made up of, those two things, sodium and chloride. So chloride and sodium ions, the two major components of salt, are actually necessary for the survival of all known living creatures, especially humans. And uh, the interesting thing about that is that either one, if you took them by itself, if you had one of them by itself, you could actually ingest them and die and be poisoned. But when you combine them, it's amazing because it's harmless and it's everyday table salt. I mean, it's really an amazing thing when you think about salt, how it's created. So uh, you've got this, this amazing little, you know, thing that's, uh, that's got a lot of power. I mean, it, it could kill you if you separate it. Together, it's perfectly harmless. Um, how many of you guys have heard the saying before, they're not worth their salt? How many of you guys have heard that? There's a lot of people that maybe have never, but that's something that I, I remember growing up hearing. I remember people saying about somebody when they really didn't think somebody was worth much. They're like, you know, they're not worth their salt. I don't need any more. Thank you, honey, though. Um, do you know where it comes from, that saying? It's pretty interesting because it comes from a, um, a time when the Roman soldiers were actually paid for their work in salt because it was really valuable at the time. And this is something I had never known until I started studying. The word salary actually comes from the word salarium, which refers to payments made with salt. So when we talk about somebody who's paid still today, we say, what's their salary? It actually comes back from the term a long time ago about salarium coming from the idea of people being paid by salt in their jobs. So that's a, had a long history. And uh, what Jesus was actually telling those people that were following him, and he was telling the disciples at that time, was that these people were very special. They had a lot going for them. They were amazing. And uh, he was giving them really a, an awesome compliment. He was telling them that they had much worth in his eyes. And uh, salt was extremely necessary to survive in those days. You know, it had a lot of value. It's how they did everything. It's how they paid for their bills. It's how they were paid by, for their work. It's how they bartered. It's how they took care of everything. And it was basically like Jesus would tell us today, if Jesus walked up to me and said, you know, Deb, you're worth a million dollars. You know, that's what it'd be worth. I mean, it's this idea of what you're worth. You have value that you're worth something. And obviously things have changed. It's not like that today. Um, we no longer get paid or purchase things with salt anymore, but we still consume it every day. And uh, some people still consume too much of it. Some people don't at all. They can get goiters. So 
<laughs> actually, it's true. They say if you don't have uh, the right amount of salt inside your body, that actually it's not really good for you. A lot of people will cut salt out completely, and it's really not that healthy for you because they say that you can get, um, it, your thyroid can be messed up and everything because you are supposed to have some sort of salt. It's, it's necessary for humans to survive. Um, a lot of times, though, today when we think about salt, like I say, we're not thinking of in terms of being paid or, or purchasing things. Uh, we think of it as something that's more commonplace, something that you see. You know, salt and pepper shakers are usually sitting on nearly every single table in a restaurant that you go into. I mean, you see them everywhere. You notice it everywhere. And uh, so, you know, you, you can go into McDonald's, you know, you walk in. And there's just usually piles and piles of salt packages, aren't there? So they're everywhere. We see salt all the time. It's something that we just come in contact with every day. Usually what happens is more than likely you go get your, your food, you grab your, your salt and pepper packages, throw them down, you use one or two, and what happens is you get done, throw everything back on the tray and go dump it. And usually you throw away like four or five packages of salt maybe. In those days, they probably would have been like, what, are you crazy? Because you throw away salt. Now we don't think nothing of it. We throw stuff like that away all the time. I don't, but uh, you guys might. I'm really frugal, so I usually go try to put it back if I can. But, you know, so our society doesn't really value salt like it did in the old days. But God, who is amazing, he picked something that's not only was valuable then, but still valuable today and had a lot of worth. And that's just how God is. God is timeless. When he talked about something in the Bible times, it's just as relevant as it, it is today. It might not be exactly for the same reasons, but also because it's very relevant for today. We know that we see salt on a daily basis. All of us come in contact with it, so we can understand it. When we read it in God's word, saying that we're the salt of the earth, we can understand what God's trying to say to us. When you think about salt, it has a lot of different benefits, a lot of different values. And one of the things that it has about it is it's used as a preservative. Now, we don't walk around because we have freezers and refrigerators today. We don't preserve our meat by pouring salt all over it. But they did in those days. You know, they did in the old days. Um, when Columbus and all those different people would travel across oceans, what they would do was they'd take raw meat and they'd put it in this big container, a box or whatever, and they would pour salt completely over top of it and between the pieces of meat, never let the meat touch, but constantly just surround it with meat under sides and top and just load it with that and that's how they would preserve it and that you could travel it could stay for years people would call they call it hard tack it's one of those things that you know it's preserved meat and it was basically to keep it from going rancid you know for being it starting to decay and stuff like that that was obviously what meat does you know if it's out in the air um we don't really do that today we don't you know most of us have refrigerators you all do have refrigerators right okay good um but we still eat ham, don't we? How many of you guys out there eat ham, bacon, pepperoni, um, corned beef, pastrami? All those things are still preserved in the same way. They're still preserved in that same way. It's, it's a curing. It's a way that they cure meat, and that's how they take care of it. It's actually a way that they do it. It's still by salt. And so, uh, you know, meat obviously will decay, decay over time, but if you do it the right way, it won't. And salt, what it does is it stops the growth of spoilage Basically, all the microorganisms that are in it, you know, it stops them, kills them, and it, it's because it draws out the water through the cells, and it's through osmosis. So uh, stops all this from happening. So, you know, salt is an amazing thing to preserve. And uh, if you take a meat, like I say, you pour it all off, you know, you can keep that stuff for a long time. Jesus 
tells us in the message of salvation that he also preserved us. That we know that we've been preserved. That means we're not going to decay. We're not going to rot. We're not just going to fall apart. We're going to be preserved because we've received his salvation. We've received his forgiveness. And he stopped our decay. And uh, our job now, though, is when he says to be the salt of the earth, it means that our job now is to share that message with others and stop their lives from being just a life of decay and spoilage. I mean, it's, we have the answer. It's whether or not we're going to tell them. Um, Jesus is telling us we need to be the salt, and it's followers' job now to show people that they need Jesus and to stop the world's decay. God's word tells us in end times when the faithful followers of Jesus, the salt, you know, when they're taken away, that's when the world's really going to fall apart. God's word tells us that. He says that right now is what's holding back the evil in the world is the fact that there are still Christians that walk around, and because we have the Holy Spirit, that our prayers are effective and it stops evil from completely pervading this earth. What will happen someday is when Jesus comes back, he says he's going to take the faithful ones away. He's going to take the salt. He's going to take them home. And at that time, there's going to be no more prayers. There's going to be nothing that's going to stop this world from just completely falling apart. You know, we can preserve it now because our prayers can be um, heard from God and, and he will answer on our behalf. But someday we're not going to be here and all that's going to be left is people that don't believe until they're all gone. And then at that time, still, their people could believe. It's going to be a lot harder for them to believe later. But, you know, all these different things that God, that's, that God was talking about, Jesus was talking about with salt, you know, like I say, it's a preservative. That's an amazing thing. We obviously know we just had French fries. Salt is also used to season food. You know, we know it makes the flavor of food come out better. Uh, maybe some people just really like the taste of salt and they don't want to taste the food. That could be it. Sometimes there's bad food. You'd rather have just salt and pepper on it, cover it up, and maybe just eat it that way instead. But, you know, tasteless food was not ever great. Everybody wants good food. I mean, do you watch Survivor? One thing that they always love when they get, when they win the challenge is when they get spices and they get all seasonings. You ever see when they're like, ah, oh, spices and seasonings are thrilled. I would love that. I'd be like, yes, pepper, because I'm a pepper freak. I've got to have a ton of it, you know. And, uh, and salt makes things taste better. But Job also himself said in Job 6.6, 6, it says, is tasteless food eaten without salt, or is there flavor in a white of an egg? I refuse to touch it. Such food makes me sick. Isn't that amazing when you think about it? Here's Job talking about what food makes him sick, because it's tasteless. You know, sometimes because we don't have enough salt, we aren't the salt, we're not willing to share, maybe we are making people sick because we're tasteless. Maybe we're not doing anything like we're supposed to. Um, a lot of times we don't want to tell the others about the good news. Too afraid. And I think sometimes the reason why we don't want to tell the good news is because we really don't have the salt and it comes out as a very bland and boring message because there's nothing real behind it. There's nothing that's going to really explain to people that this is a life that tastes good. It's an amazing life. And uh, I know myself, it's what made the difference. Salt just by itself is not really that great, but if you use it in the right proportions, it makes everything taste right. I mean, how many of you guys ever had too much? You ever put too much salt or the salt, pe salt shaker opened up or, you know, something like that's happened? I've done that before where all of a sudden there's way too much salt and then you're trying to like push it off and stuff like that, trying to get it. So it has to be done the right amount. I think sometimes we can come on too strong with a message. Sometimes we don't really balance with 
the whole message of Christ of showing love and compassion and gentleness with people. We just come in and we come in and just pour salt all over and we're thinking, you know, they're going to like it and it's just too strong. And then they're kind of like, don't like it. So we have to really understand that there's a right proportion way to do it. Um, life. Man, it can look great. But to have a taste of it, sometimes it's just lacking in flavor until, you know, we can show people that there's more to it. We can show them that there's real love of, and compassion in Jesus Christ. And, and, you know, we can start to tell them that there's a lot of dangers and distractions that are out there that are going to cause them to really fail and uh, fall apart. But, you know, some, sometimes if you ever have this, like, most beautiful, juicy, I love ribeyes. You know, you have a really nice, juicy ribeye and, you know, just the right combination of salt and pepper becomes delicious. Just delicious. But sometimes you don't have the right salt. You ever ordered something? Like at Wendy's or McDonald's or something like that, and you're asked for like a salt or pepper, you get back and there's like no salt, no pepper, and there's no way you're going to find any, so you have to eat it without it. And it's like you do it, but it's just not that great. You're just missing that little extra something, you know? The message of Christ is, is something that makes life taste better. It really does. The world doesn't understand it because they haven't tasted it. They don't understand it. They have never tasted that it has so much flavor, but it really does. This brings me to another point. Salt is also used as an antiseptic. How many of you guys out there have ever gargled using salt and water? Yeah. People do it all the time because it kills germs. You know, it's, it's one of those things that we do to kind of try to, like, destroy the germs inside of our mouths or, you know, sometimes you have a canker sore or something like that and your family will tell you, oh, you know, take the salt water and it's supposed to kill it. You know, it's, it's basically God saying to us that we're the salt of the world and we, because that we need to keep the sin out of our lives, we have to live faithful to God. And when we do that, we're going to be shown um, that this world is beautiful and God planned it for us that way. But we have to live our lives the right way. People around us will begin to see that living a life of faithfulness to God makes for a much better, healthier life. You know, because there's an antiseptic there. It's something that we could try to do what's right in our life and live a life of purity. Ephesians 5, 1 through 4 in the message says, watch what God does and then you do it like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Don't allow love to turn to lust, setting off on a downhill slide into sexual promiscuity, filthy practices, or bullying greed. Though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, Christians have better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. There's a different way that a Christian's supposed to live. We're not supposed to blend. We talked about that not too long ago when we talked about being an alien, that this is not our home. You're not supposed to blend that easily. You're supposed to be set apart. You're supposed to be different. Um, Jesus, when he said we're the salt of the earth, he was telling us that we need to be set apart. And because we're set apart, we're going to have an amazing power. Because when you have salt, when you've had a really, really salty piece of food or a french fries, what do you want to do soon after? Drink. You're very thirsty, aren't you? All you have to do is go to Long John Silver's because they have so much salt in their, their breading. You can eat Long John's, and honestly, you will want to have a drink for the next, like, six hours because it's, like, so full of salt and your body's just craving for liquid. Um, salt, if we are truly the salt, we're going to cause thirst in people. And what does God call himself? The living water. 
He says, I am the living water. So when we are truly the salt of the earth, we're going to let people, when we're going to come in contact with it, they're going to feel thirsty. They're going to say, hey, there's something about you that I'm drawn to. And because when they're spending time with us, they're going to be thirsty for God. That's how it works. God was an amazing God that he timed all this, figured out, and he's got all this working just like this together. You know, so Jesus says that um, in John 4, 14, he says, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to, to eternal life. So, you know, there's something that should be so genuine about us, so real, that um, it makes people thirst for the living God. You know, we should be making those people constantly thirsty. And, and I, maybe if you're not that making people thirsty, maybe you should just examine how salty you really are. Maybe you're not salty enough. Maybe you're not genuine enough. Maybe you're not real enough, and that's what you need to change about yourself. Um, when Mahatma, Mahatma, Mahatma Gandhi, who was the leader of India, was asked by some missionaries, what is the greatest hindrance to Christianity? He replied, Christians. That's sad. Christians. That makes me mad. It really does. It infuriates me. It infuriates me because I really think, I mean, I believe the message of Christ when God's word says that when we accept Jesus, that he comes and he lives inside of our heart. That means the Holy Spirit resides in here. Sometimes I don't think it's so much it's like my anger. It's just really my frustration with the fact, I think God's frustration because he lives inside of me, that it's sickening to me that there's so many people out there really making such a poor representation of Christians because, you know, it really damages what I'm trying to do. It damages what people who are really trying to live that life are trying to do. And I think it's really a shame because I think that Christians a lot of times are really known for their lack of saltiness, the fact that they're not changing anything. There's nothing different about them. There's nothing that's drawn people to God and the living water, not a bit. Um, you need to ask yourself how salty you are. I think you have to ask yourself that good, that's a good question to ask yourself tonight. And uh, a lot of times you might not want to make waves with your friends. It might be a whole lot easier just to be buddies not to say anything, not to be the person bringing up God and stuff. You know, you might not want to come on too strong. But I'm going to tell you, you've got to do it if you're going to really represent Christ. Because not only does salt cause thirst, but salt also, how many of you guys know it, irritates a wound, doesn't it? How many of you guys ever had a cut cut and you get salt? Or even when you start to perspire and you get that sweat going in your cut and it really starts to burn because you can feel the salt. Because our bodies put out salt. It's what really comes out with our sweat, too, because the fact that it's perspiration, it's, it's actually the salts in our bodies that's come out, too. So salt will actually irritate a wound. And uh, those people that don't know the love and forgiveness of Jesus, basically, they're walking wounded. They just don't even know it. They don't have a clue that their lives are miserable. I didn't, and they don't. They don't have a clue. But it's your job to really start to irritate them a bit. You know, it's not fun to be told that you're not living the right way. But truly, if we are the salt, we're going to stand up for the right way time to time. We're not going to come on too strong and say too much, but I think we are going to say something and find the right time and say something to people. It's like, you know what? Maybe your life's not going so well because you're really not living the life that God had set before you and wants you to live. You know, if we're not salt enough, we need to start changing ourselves on the inside. That means we have to repent. We have to ask God to forgive us. We need to try, start to turn away from sin Repenting is not just a decision. Okay, I'm not going to do that. What it is is a decision, I'm not going to do that, but then completely going the opposite way. When you're going to go this way and this is going to be sin, you go that way. It's a decision to go the exact opposite way. Um, we, are, we need to submit to God. 
let God change our character, who we are. Sometimes we're just too prideful. We think that we know everything. We think that God, you know, can't teach us anything. People can't teach us anything. That's not the message of God. God's word says submit to him. Submit is a very important thing in God's word. Uh, We need to let him change our character. Because if we do, our saltiness will start to be more evident to people around us. True salt, salt, sodium chloride, never actually loses its its, uh, uh, saltiness. There's really no such thing as unsalty salt. It's salt, you know. But in Jesus' time, what they did was they got salt from this uh, area of the Dead Sea. And it wasn't really as pure as it could be. It was mixed with all these other materials that would kind of like affect its flavor and things. And over time, it could become tasteless. And uh, it was then, it was basically good for nothing. Thrown out, people walked on it. That's what they did. Trampled on by man is what God's word says. And basically what Jesus was saying at that time and what we need to understand is basically you're of no use to him now. No good. And it's no different from what I was talking not too long ago when I said about the branches. And he says if you're not doing the things that are right, he says he cuts the branches off and throws them in the fire. You're no use for him. You can't be used. And uh, you have to worry and be concerned about the fact that you're salty enough. You have to be a person who believes. And you have to start really living this life of being a salty person. So Jesus, when he says the simple statement, you are the salt of the earth, He's saying that it's our job and up to us to do the things that he came to do. It's our job to follow him. When he left, our job is now to follow him and do the things that he did. And, you know, we need to start getting other people to understand the message of Christ. And and we have to show them. And the only way we can show them is if we're being the real thing. Not being a fake, generic salt, but the real thing. Um, Our lives can't be mixed with all kinds of impurities. You know, like in the old days with the salt, our lives can't do that. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Uh, long ago, the Romans used to think that salt was the purest of all things because it came from the purest of elements, the sun and the sea. And uh, even though they were a bit confused, believing really the creation, not the creator, they were confused on that, um, the point is that as followers of Jesus Christ, we really need to be example of purity to the lost and dying world. This world is not our home. But we're here for a time, and our job is to do something about it, to get other people to understand the message. We ourselves need to be noticed. Salt shaker, shaken out. Maybe we need to be shook out a little bit more. Maybe we're a little bit too much in the uh, salt jar, you know, kind of holding on tight, holding on the inside of the jar. No, no, please don't let me have to go out there and do something and really, like, stand up for my beliefs because, God forbid, we know that's going to be difficult. You know, our job is not to sit there and just be taken in and and just wait. Our job is to be shook out and poured out and doing something. We need to be noticed for our purity in our speech, in our conduct, our thoughts and actions, because this is the main point I want you to understand. It is really hard to influence others by your words when your actions don't back you up. If you're not living the life, your words mean zip. I've had people tell me to do something, and I know they're not following at all. Their words have no weight to me. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Don't you feel that way when people tell you something? How many of you guys, I mean, truthfully, I don't want to cause problems in your family, but I mean, how many of you guys have people that tell you in your family, you need to do this, clean up, do this, and you know they don't do it? It frustrates you because you're like, well, you don't do it. That's how it is in, in life of being a Christian. People need to be able to live it, believe it, follow it, 
And then when they tell you something, you can do it. You're like, yeah, I can do this too. Um, how many of you have ever had something to eat like this great sandwich or fries and you didn't have the salt on it? We all have. It's just not so good. It doesn't matter if you paid $3.95 for that sandwich with that little bit less salt, you notice it's not as good. You know, salt's not there, we miss it. Man, you have to be worth your salt. You have to be worth your salt. Um, right before Jesus tells those that they are the salt of the earth, he told, them, he told them the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes are amazing because it's not what the world thinks. And I'm going to really quickly read it to you. Um, this is what he spoke right before he tells them that they're the salt of the earth. He says, God blesses those who realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is given to them. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are gentle and lowly, for the whole earth will belong to them. God blesses those who are hungry and thirsty for justice, for they will receive it in full. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted because they live for God, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when you are mocked and persecuted and lied about because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted too. The very next scripture, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? So he's got all these different things he's explaining first. But what he's saying is to stay salty, you're going to have to stay humble. You're going to have to be a person who's humble, not prideful. You show your pride to people all the time, you're not a person that's humble. And you know what? You're not going to stay salty. You know, we need to be a person who really understands that we need to reflect Christ at all times. Show mercy to other people. You know, when, be patient with the people who are weak and in our, in our midst that aren't really getting something. Try to be patient. Try to just show love and compassion. If we're doing those things, then we'll stay salty. We're going to do the things that matter. You know, if you think about those things and you see that you're starting to lose your flavor, we all, we all can lose our flavor, um, you better do something about it. You better start to really think about who you are and what you're doing. You know, because to make it, we're going to need to be salty. We're going to have to have a lot of taste. I think it's really amazing that human beings and all living things need to have salt to survive. I think it's super amazing how God used salt because it's kind of like God is making a point and telling us in another way again that the message of salvation is for everyone. You know, because we all need it. We all need salt to survive. We have to have it. It's how we're going to make it in this world. To some degree, we have to have salt. If you've never thought about it before, Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Taste and see. God's word, when people say they don't understand God's word, it's like, you know, maybe it's just too simple. Because God's word is awfully simple. I mean, it's salt. (laughs) It's branches. I mean, there's nothing really that difficult about it. We see that God used these amazingly simple parables for us to grasp and understand. So when he talks about salt, he says, be salty, have flavor, have taste. And then because of this, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. For salt to have its effect, it must come into contact with whatever it is that it's supposed to affect. You're never going to affect your friends if you're not doing something with yourself. Being out there, coming in contact with them. You know, you're not going to be able to preserve the people in your life that you want to help reach heaven if you're not coming in contact with them. A lot of people have great intentions, like, oh, I understand the message of Christ. I want to tell everybody. 
But unless you go talk to somebody, you're not going to have any contact with them. You can't do anything. If you're constantly always making poor choices, if you're not a person who's your actions, if you're a compromiser, if you're a person who people talk and say anything around you and you're not offended, because God's word made it clear right here that we're not supposed to take part in foolish talk, stupid stuff. We're not supposed to have coarse things being spoke around us. There's a lot of times, I'll tell you, I get really like frustrated because I have a family that they'll say a lot of stuff, and it's not what I want to talk about. Not my immediate family, but extended family. And when they say some things, it's like really difficult because I have to walk away. I try not to make a great big thing about because they're not believers. They're not followers of Christ. But I also am not going to sit there and laugh at their jokes when they're disgusting, when they're not funny. They're disgusting to God. In the eyes of God, he's disgusted. So I... Why would I laugh at something like that? I think we have to understand, when we try to later on explain to these people that we are laughing at their coarse, disgusting jokes and humor, later on we try to tell them about Jesus Christ, they're going to be like, yeah, whatever. You know, because we aren't any different. We have nothing to offer any different. So I think we really have to set ourselves apart. We also have to pour ourselves out. Pour ourselves out. Do something. Give this world some flavor. We have to be willing to be the taste of Jesus for them. Uh, like I said, Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? You need to see if you have enough flavor. If you don't, if you really know that you've compromised, if you know that there's things that you're not doing right, if you're too prideful, if you're a person who cannot submit, if you're a person who's not patient, if you're not kind, if you're not gentle, those different things that God's word says in the Beatitudes, you better stop and think. Maybe you aren't as salty as you need to be. Maybe you need to change. So I said to those guys this morning, or today when I started up talking about my, my message, I said, um, I think I'm going to have a new phrase that we're going to start here. It's not going to be, bye-bye, see you later. It's going to be, hey, stay salty, man. That's what it's going to be. So that's going to be the new thing, okay? I'm going to say to Elvis when you leave, I'm going to say, hey, babe, stay salty. Stay salty, because that's what we're supposed to do. If we really, truly are the believers in Christ that we're called to be, we're supposed to have flavor. Flavor. All right? I want to pray for you, okay? Well, Lord, I just pray that each one of us, Lord, would recognize, Lord, what we are in you. I just pray for those that don't know you, that have never accepted you as their Savior, Lord. I just pray that they would tonight, Lord God, ask you, maybe in their quiet time, maybe in their silence of their their bedroom as they sleep lord i just pray that they would call out to you and ask for forgiveness lord they would just ask you to be lord of their life and they would change and lord i just pray that they would truly taste who you are and what you can offer them i just pray father for each one of us that says we are believers that says we are followers of you lord that we would truly really be the salt of the earth like you said we are i pray that we'd have a lot of flavor that we would just be a amazing witness for you lord I just pray that you'd help each one of us uh, truly reflect who you are and draw others to you. I just pray, Jesus, that you would help us and let us become and help us give us strength to become the people that you called us to be. Lord, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.